Crossroads 003. Save Jack and Mom. Let's do this. I'm Jack. You said you'd kill them. I can hardly look at the kids. All I see is everybody we've lost. I saw how they do the spell. I just need your power. If we do this, you're the engine, but I'm behind the wheel. It's a one-time deal. We got a deal! Michael. Nice with a suit. my children warning supernatural the crossroads contains adult language and discussions if you're easily offended do not continue to listen to Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Everyone is in studio today because we are here for the season premiere of Supernatural Season 14. And we did not waste any fucking time with that recap intro to this season, and I cannot express how fucking happy I was to hear ACDC right at the beginning. 
that was something that I have personally wanted back in Supernatural, more of a mainstream element to the show, is the old classic rock that I have felt has been lacking since Buck, since maybe Gamble's era, maybe since Kripke left the maybe, show. Maybe Dab had to make a deal with the with a crossroads demon to fuck up 13 and make 14 good because that's how he got ACDC back. I think it's just a great way to start the show because it me- immediately throws you back into nostalgia. Exactly. Mode. That immediately put a smile on my face starting this episode. I, I was excited. Yeah. And is this episode does not fuck around really in many respects. We have our characters introduced right from the get go. We have the problems laid out, laid bare for all of us to see. We skipped a little bit of time in this one, about three weeks, we find out. But honestly, I think that was a fantastic decision. On Season 13 started right where 12 had ended. There was no time we saw the grief. We went through all the pain with Sam and Dean. Here, I think it made a hell of a lot of sense to jump ahead to where we see not the grief of Michael has taken over Dean. He's He's gone. But seeing what are we going to do about it? How has our world changed? How has Sam's day-to-day life changed now that he's got a fucking army essentially hanging out in the bunker? Dean and and Michael are off doing something else entirely. That bridge of time I really think helped set things up properly for a season premiere for us to get the initial problems going for this season. It it worked for both teams in a lot of respects. You know what? Listen, I can get behind the fact that Sam has an entire team now, but where can grow a where, beard? Where's underwear time? When can you walk around nude in you the can, bunker? Dude. You got to close the door, and that's when you get your personal. Yeah. Time. You have your mom walking around now with your with your, fake Bobby, your pseudo dad, apocalypse yeah. people. You, there's no freedom to just walk around naked anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to walk around naked. Maybe he's gonna grab that cute chick that there's, was. There's nothing more important than walking around naked. I'm gonna be with. I'm on Michael. Yeah, Michael's on, side. You're on, on Michael's side on this one. Uh, yeah, better add side on that one because <laughs> that sounded really weird i know we've been there's uh, a lot gone of, for a while guys I know. but we can't start fucking well, just a lot yet. of things have happened <laughs> oh, me and thomas are not out of closet summer we're in a relationship together <laughs> okay <laughs> no there but it is his life has changed his entire day-to-day routine has set up who he is and his role in the show and in his own circle of family and friends has changed dramatically and we've seen that firsthand in this episode and there was a lot of different moving parts in a single premiere, which we expect going forward. We see a little bit of Sam's life as a leader, the monster threat, how he handles it with this new team of hunters. We see, spoiler alerts, we see that Nick, the vessel for Lucifer, is in fact still alive, which is going to bring up a, a bit of a discussion later. We see what has happened with the demons and kind of get some a fair amount of exposition, but in a good way because it sets up or answers some questions we would have had between seasons 13 and 14 or, well, why didn't they do A, B, and C? We see all of this stuff put into one standalone episode. And it's perhaps one of the cleanest premieres Dab has been in charge of. In reality, everything there has a purpose. Everything there sets up an answer or a problem for the rest of the season. There was absolutely nothing in this episode that we went, what the fuck? Why is that here? It all made sense. It all made sense. And I think... This isn't the most exciting episode or no, this isn't no. the most exciting premiere we've ever had, but it's definitely one of the clearest. We already understand yep. what we could be seeing down the road, whereas that was a problem we had with last year that we could never 
understand. And I'm not talking about being able to call it. Some people may say, well, you're not supposed to be able to figure it out. That's not what that's we're not, different. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. It's no different than the first act of a movie. You don't know how the movie's going to end, but by the end of the first act, you kind of know what the story's going to be about. And I felt things, like we definitely had an idea what this season's going to be about, whether it's um, changes let's say halfway through the season, that's fine. But at least we have the groundwork laid for a story that he's going to be taking for the next, let's say four to seven episodes. Well, not only that, but like, like you said, not being able to call the season, but going, okay, now I'm excited because I have an idea of what might happen Mm -hmm. and the repercussions of that (laughs) thing possibly happening. And I think that's really what makes an ep- like a, makes a, a premiere episode good. It may not be the most flashy or the most amazing, but when you have a clear, concise idea of where this direction, the, the season's going, you go, oh shit, I'm excited to watch the next 22 episodes or 20 episodes, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's really what we got out of this, this premiere was not, you know, Michael Bay explosions and shit like that. We got a clear, concise story. I felt like rather than focusing on giving people what they want which is everybody wants dean winchester we all do yeah i want him in my bed right now Mm -hmm. yeah we're all fans of dean winchester but i like that dab was willing to say listen i know what you want but this is what i'm going to give you because this is how we need to start the season still and he took a big risk because people on social media were hating they didn't get or understand what he was doing and i'm I am adamantly defending Dab's decision. I feel like it yep. was a great way to start the season. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that was the only logical choice to make. And and again, yeah. kudos to Dab for taking a risk on that aspect and not, as you said, giving fans exactly what they want. We had an entire second half of season 13 that felt too much like that. So to have that pulled, pulled back, wait, make us wait for it, I think will end up being to the strength of the season. And to your point, Ryan... It's not just we set up the story for the season 14, but we also have a strong premiere because we set up where our characters are going to go. We see Sam, where he's at right now, who he's had to become with Dean gone, and we can easily see or at least assume some aspects of him as a character, how that's going to progress. He's been thrust into the leader role. He does not have Dean anymore as his you know, the the rock in his life, the someone who is always there for him and has always been the big brother protecting him. He right. is now alone, perhaps for the first true time that Supernatural has ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And to see some of that and to know that Dean will eventually come back into play and how his life is going to be affected by Michael having possessed him. There's a lot of different things we can see happening, especially with Jack, somebody who has been in, literally untouchable, has never faced true danger now having to deal with all kinds of things and how he's going to grow as a person. So it's not just story elements for the events of the season, but I love it because it shows us where the characters are going to go for the season as well. It gives them a starting point. Now, all that we're going to get into as we go on into the review, but of course, we've always got a little bit of news first. First thing is our news. We are no longer going to be using the chat room through the website during our broadcasts. So if you guys want to participate during the live shows, you can join a Facebook page where we now utilize that for live show interaction and discussion. There's been a number of different problems we've had on the back end. So if you mostly money, mostly money, yeah, I'm trying Money's to save some money yeah. because that's about that chat room costs some money to have and to maintain it. And I figured why spend that money and save it on uh, something that we can use to better the show overall. Crotch camps. Yeah, exactly. We're going to save the money. The new GoPro just came out. We need yeah. to get those. Tank cam. 
Taint Cam. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a really low that's angle. A real low close shot. I like a real. Like, low. I like how Ryan. Like, <laughs> real Ryan's low. not happy with crotch cams. He no. wants taint, taint cam. I need it super low angle, dude. I need it super low angle <laughs> because it makes it look more imposing. Is that it? It makes it look bigger. Yeah, let's just right. say that. So there is now a closed group for discussion during the broadcast. Mike, how can they get access to that page? Uh, I'm tweeting it out right now. Okay. And also, people can search Supernatural the Crossroads discussion. What's the name of it? <laughs> Crossroads Jesus episode discussion Christ. group. Yeah. They can actually <laughs> Google that and that'll pop up. Also, if they go to our main page, facebook.com slash Supernatural the Crossroads, they'll see that the official Facebook page actually shows the group that's connected to the page. There you go. So that will be what we use moving forward. Again, the chat on the main Rainman Digital Media website will no longer be where you can discuss and interact, not just with other fans listening at live, but ourselves. Other news, Supernatural Boss hints at dangers to missing an action Dean and teases Sam and Cass's search. According to TV Line, are there any specific threats or dangers to Dean while Michael is driving the car, so to speak? The threats to Dean are not physical necessarily. He's kind of locked away, and he's a passenger in this thing. The dangers for him are more when Dean comes out of this or when he's rescued from this. What is going to be the after effect of it? For our characters, especially our main characters, everything they go through from stubbing their toe to dying for the 34th time is less about the event and more about how it affects them moving forward. There's, uh, that's something Dean is going to be struggling with as our season progresses. And this is something that I think we've touched on a little bit and or is at least as safe to assume that we would be dealing with. One of Dab's strengths, I think, that we talked about over the summer was that he, unlike some of the other showrunners throughout the show, he allowed that time where we saw the direct aftermath. We saw the grief. We didn't go back to things being all hunky dory and they're just going to go back to hunting the traditional life that they've known at the end of season or at the beginning of season 13. There was many episodes where they Dean is borderline suicidal, suicidally depressed or, or murderous intent against Jack. We see the emotional damage that has been done to Sam to lose his mother again, when he never even had a relationship with her. We get to experience that cathartic, moment with our characters in ways that other showrunners kind of just glossed over the main deaths of some characters well for me for me it shows that um that dab is actually it's the nuances of understanding the the core of supernatural the fact that he uses the aftermath and that that's essentially going to be his theme for the season the aftermath of events what's going to happen when michael or dean i should say is has freed himself of Michael. How is Sam going to deal with the aftermath of being the boss and then suddenly having Dean being thrown into the mix after having, I don't know, three, five, six weeks when the time's up, when he finally gets rescued? Mm-hmm. How is it going to affect their relationship? Is it going to mess up the chemistry, the dynamic, now that you have an entire bunker full of individuals? I love that Dab said that, the aftermath. That's what this season's going to be about, is working through... Now that that's been done, what's next and and what it does to them? Because I always felt like that was one of the subtle strengths of Carver's run. A lot of people give Carver shit, but a lot of what he was doing um, was talking about PTSD and the struggle and what it meant for people working through those types of issues. So now we have Dab 
borrowing a similar idea and taking the season down a similar route, but using the idea of the aftermath. What now? How is everybody affected? And I think that's something that is a very big, as you said, it's a very big strength of Supernatural. I remember all the way back with season two and three and and later in four with with Sam or with Dean having gone to hell and coming back, how he reacted, how he dealt with the world and what he saw, how Sam changed as a person when he saw his brother die and then started working with Ruby, you know, how Dean even reacted when their dad passed away, the person who had always been so integral to his life decisions and how yeah, he lived. It's always been a part of Supernatural. It's always been a part of Supernatural. It's always been a part of great storytelling. And I think that is definitely something that has helped Supernatural hit 14 seasons. So the C-Dab focus on that this year, I am very happy for. He has done it well as a showrunner in season 13 for the first half of it. I hope that trend continues. I hope it stays throughout the season, however. Well, yes, because it shows that he is having a... He's he's internally trying to find what works for Supernatural mm -hmm. rather than kind of going off. Could it seem the previous two seasons? It felt like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. Uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to introduce new ideas, new concepts. But this is him literally focused. He's focused on the unsaid. And that's how you write a story. You get your 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 theme set. You figure out what you're going to say via subtext. That's how you begin to write. And it feels to me, just by all the interviews I've read throughout all of Helatus, that Dab has a discernible plan for this season. And again, we may be jumping the gun, but based on what we saw, it looks like that. What if... What so if, I, my confidence has boosted. I think maybe he was just on set and a brick fell off somewhere and hit him in the head <laughs> and knocked some fucking sense into him. And he discovered the flux capacitor <laughs> yes. like Dr. Emmett Brown? Oh, exactly. Wow. And that's how he... Or he, he discovered, discovered... Time he travel? No, he, he didn't discover time travel. He discovered what it's... Like, he was able that's to write That's how I better. do it. That's it. Hey, I figured the out... The oh. pieces have to connect. Hey, oh. Fine. The story has to make sense. It's like the story of Helen Keller, how it took her time to realize that she's learning a language, <laughs> oh, you know, because she was God. she was deaf and blind. So she didn't understand what she was doing. Suddenly <laughs> there was a light that went off and she realized that she's learning a language. She's learning how to communicate with the outside world that she can't see or hear. Dab is essentially the same way. He was Helen Kellering it. Dab the last is two Helen Keller. Yeah. And now suddenly he realized, oh, shit, I know how to write. It all clicks. <laughs> wow. We're starting strong this year. Yeah, hey, it's positive. This is all positive. It's positive. Though. You were Helen Keller. You turned it around. You turned it like around. Like she and, did. Yeah. Way oh, to go. Oh. <laughs> you turned it around. You're not getting. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Hopefully Lou Ferrigno isn't offended by that Helen Keller line. Oh. No? Well, maybe he'll he'll get back to us on that, that one. Was, he threw it. That was too much of a softball. We need to pay him before he <laughs> yeah. makes an appearance. That's how he is. That's how it works. Now. That'll be thirty-seven fifty. <laughs> You can't just come up and say the cost and get paid. And then leaves. Yeah, that's, that's all you got to say, dude. That's good job was that? You, you didn't pay him the thirty-seven fifty, so he that's told a, you how much it that's is. That's essentially what he does for real. Yeah. It's, it's, you you hey, Lou, how you doing? I don't speak to you. Uh, I, won't, it, I won't speak to you unless you give me $5. If, if you give me $10, I'll talk to you. It's $15 for me to talk back to you, <laughs> and then $20 for me to have a conversation longer than 37 seconds. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> the prices have gone up. It's inflation. Yeah. Kind of thing. Now, it's be cheaper. Now, we have returned in the month of Halloween. 
So it makes sense that we have a couple of different things going on. And we're not the only ones. TNT is going to be airing an all-day Supernatural Marathon on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you have that article for I me? have this article, Thomas. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, Gay from- Ryan, the character. <laughs> he he reads that- the news. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Uh, anyways, for most people, Halloween is the scariest day of the year. For Sam and Dean Winchester, it, Winchester, Winchester, it's just another day at the office, battling ghosts, demons, angels, vampires, and the list goes on. Bears and rhinos, and lions, tigers, and bears. Uh, but to celebrate All Hallows Eve this year, TNT will be uh, will air an all day supernatural marathon filled with throwback episodes from the show's first four seasons, including in the lineup are the pilot episode. Uh, <laughs> Okay, hold on. I I, I got to jump out of this article. Including the lineup are the pilot episode titled Pilot. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank, thank you, article. TV guy who doesn't know how to thank you, Samantha. TV works. Thank you. TV guy solid. Solid piece of information. They always put out the most riveting articles. <laughs> they dug deep for that one. Uh, anyways. Not to be confused with the other titled pilot <laughs> Pi- from MASH titled Pilot. <laughs> Oh or God. the backdoor pilot titled Bloodline. Oh. I don't know why. That, or Wayward Sisters. Or, oh. Anyways, Ghost Facers and the Benders, which starred Jensen Ackles. No way. He's in the show? Uh, <laughs> this is a terribly written article. one of the show's scariest <laughs> hours. The marathon kicks off at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, October 31st, and goes until 8 p.m. Eastern time, because that's probably when they kick in the real scary shit. Yeah. Uh, That'll be fun, though. But, but I'll watch. Yeah. because well, Just I, to have it on. I mean, I own everything anyways, all well, the episodes, but just to kind of put them on in the yeah, background. Yeah, it's a perfect, especially Halloween. It's, it's a, a moon perfect, setter. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's like when, like, Christmas, you have the log, you know, burning on your TV. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, I mean, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But it's, uh, or you're inviting a chick over and you have porn already on in the background, so right? I, I can, can you set the movie? Yeah. Right. So I can, it? I can actually give work? you a breakdown. <laughs> All right. So here's the episodes, uh, in the lineup, uh, that they're going to show. So episode four or episode four, season seven, it's the great pumpkin, Sam Winchester or season four, episode seven. Sorry. It's the great pumpkin, Sam Winchester, uh, monster movie, Halloween, Babylon, ghost facers, pilot. Wow. Weird. Uh, children shouldn't play with dead things. Provenance, playthings, the benders. Uh, the kids are all right. Family remains bloody. It sounds like they get scarier as yeah. This it's got a lot of those scary episodes in this uh, one. Bloody Mary, uh, ending with Bloody Mary at the very end. So that's a pretty good lineup. Uh, well, it starts off. Eh, I'll have it on, and then it, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. This will be on TV for me as well. This is, I mean, again, it's a good mood. It's a good mood setter. Yeah, and yeah. It's something you can have playing that's not you know a horror movie that's. Over That's going to get shown 800 times. Right, especially if you have family coming over. If you have family over. or you have kids that you're answering the door to give candy to, you can have this horror stuff going on. You without... don't want like House of a Thousand Corpses no, playing while probably the kids not. come and like, come here little boy. Come here. <laughs> Jesus. Got fucking cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Want to watch something scary? Come Gosh. on over here. No, that, I got oh. a taint cam. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I got free candy. All right. All oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So TNT is going to be doing that. Adult kids. The ones who shouldn't be trick-or-treating. Those oh, yeah, are the yeah, ones yeah, we're yeah. going to do that to. Yeah, absolutely. 18 and up. 18 and up. Jesus Christ, Holler. really? And if they're consenting... A- Never mind. No, it's the thing adults. Anyway, <laughs> I like how he, I like how he pulled back on that. The the thing he should say, as long as they're consenting adults, he pulls back. As long as they're consenting, never mind. Yeah, that's where he stopped. I didn't have that's to finish the line. It. I shouldn't have to finish that one. That is going to be that's a, that's a cool marathon though. That's no, that's it's smart. a good setup for Halloween. It, yeah. it it'll be fun. I wonder who chose the episodes. I wonder who was like somebody who right. didn't not the person who wrote the article. All right. Sure. All right, Jim. So you got to pick episodes uh, for Supernatural. All right, boss, I'll do it. <laughs> and then he went through it and he was like, he, he probably picked- just Googled from wiki. Yeah. And it- said like a uh, pilot episode. Sweet. 
Yeah. Uh, make sure the article when they write it, they call it the pilot episode, the pilot episode. <laughs> they Just need to know. Sure. Samantha it's not about over. a pilot from a plane. Samantha from EW. Make sure you write that. <laughs> <laughs> so TNT is doing their own Halloween Supernatural special. And of course, that means we have to do our own Halloween special. So this month for our Patreon subscribers, we are planning an episode where we will discuss our top five scariest episodes. That'll be available in your Patreon feeds later this month. If you are interested in seeing or uh, checking out that episode beforehand, go to or if you don't have Patreon right now, head on over to <laughs> Patreon.com. Did she just we all out? get we all get one stroke an episode, guys. <laughs> all right, I had one already. You yeah. I, I'm yet to have mine, so we're getting there. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Now, with that, if you guys have not checked that out before, this coming up this month, we have the additional Crossroads videocast retrospective where we're doing season one, episode 20, Dead Man's Blood. We've got the Halloween special is going to also be a videocast here. We've got... Supernatural bonus cast coming out, which is going to be our October wrap up. And we've also got the uh, 10 minutes at the crossroads. We've got the cinematography tier where we're going to be doing one Halloween eccentric uh, centric episode. And then we've also got 10 minutes at the crossroads for those of you who only want to do a dollar. We totally understand everybody has different financial needs, but you can still get something for just a dollar with the many faces of Dean Winchester going to be this month for the 10 minutes at the crossroads. So all that content is coming to you for October Halloween special. Did you so so you went through all that. Did you know the actual name of episode 20 for season one off the top of your head? Because it's not in the notes. Yeah. God, you know. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. God, I'm going to have to have a talk with Randy. This is unbelievable. Jesus. I can't believe you did that. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion of Season 14, Episode 1, Stranger in a Strange Land, in just a moment. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. No. What? I would eat. We literally, we do not live in a third world country. I'm aware. You don't need to eat your best friend when they die. (laughs) And you don't need to eat shit you find in your backyard. I would literally eat everything that I just listed off without a beat. If something is prepared in such a way that it is meant for human consumption. Okay. Is your backyard just a menu? Thomas, hold on a second. Better question. Andrew, if, let's say there were seven or eight people. Sure. Stranded on an island. Mm-hmm. There was no food, but what, there was like nine of you. Sure. Okay. And you decided that Thomas Cowley, who died unfortunately in the accident, oh, he, he didn't survive. Let's say you guys need food. Yes. And you it's found a, a way. Situation. Donner dinner party. You right? found a way to keep Thomas's body from decomposing. Let's say. All right. Mm-hmm. Survivor one chose to eat his arm. Okay. Survivor two ate his legs, and all that was left. <laughs> Was a crispy dick. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why we're not going to be on air like syndicated. I would go for a kidney, a heart, or a liver. There's nothing else left. Literally it's just it's a skeleton with a survivor. <laughs> survivors one through twelve picked it up. Picked, of the nine. Yeah, you were the runt of the survivors. <laughs> <laughs> all that was left was a meaty cock. It is an extreme situation. Okay, so we're going like a month, For three Fox weeks to sake. a month yes. without food. Yes. 
<laughs> just admitted you'd eat Thomas's cotton. Yeah. In an extreme situation where cannibalism is not off the table. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tank Exclusive. Let's operation. Oh, I want those ones. I want those ones. I'm like, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? I'm like, never mind. I have a 10-year-old. I'm going to buy all the shoes for myself. I must have. I'm going to wear the Ray boots. I don't care if they're for female. <laughs> I know. Some of, the, some of the stuff, even for the females, actually, is like, like yeah, ah, I'm like, excuse me, Pozu, but do you have any non-gender specific Ray boots? I'd really like that, please. I'd really like that, please. Non-gender. That's the new thing today. I want to wear those Ray boots. <laughs> we have Twi'lex dancing right now. <laughs> and some sexy Ewoks. We don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. Hey, makes it easier to carry them. If you would bone an Ewok, would you bone a Bantha then? I mean, if there's no difference, right? Nah, Ewoks are a little bit more fluffier. And more intelligent, I guess, right? Is there yeah. an intelligence factor there? Because no. when does it become pansexuality and then bestiality? Where's the fine line there, David? <laughs> I must know this. <laughs> Is it okay to fuck an Ewok, but then frowned upon to fuck a Bamba? <laughs> <laughs> listener by pledging to our patreon page by pledging you not only gain access to more supernatural themed broadcasts but you help us keep going what we're doing every month want to watch live video stream every show pledge 15 dollars a month and gain access to the live video feed along with quarterly gifts and every additional piece of crossroads content we put out every month you just want to watch the video cast pledge 10 dollars and gain access to our season one retrospective discussions and breakdowns, including specialty shows. You also gain access to everything from the $1 to $5 tiers, like the bonus Crossroads podcast, the Crossroads pre-show, the cinematography of Supernatural, and the 10 minutes at the Crosscode minicast. Pledge today and gain access to all of this and more. Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. The Crossroads video cast is here. 
retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek out, all available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Do you think that's Michael? Do you think that's what it's too much dab patting himself on the back when he's yet to earn it? I'm fucking cute. He's yet to earn it. It's he thinks that was cool, and that's from thriller, dude. I'm cute. Are you kidding me right now? A better move? Death didn't stop and look at the camera. Hey, hey, Ryder. Do you remember that? Do you think that if if I if I had Dean stop with blue eyes? Who the fuck's he smiling at? Smile. Fuck you, Thomas. I mean, if you can't see the coolness of a Wi-Fi and then a zoom, slow zoom, and a free friend, then you're not you're not born in the eighties. Thomas, Thomas, at least his eyes were blue. I know you like blue fans. That's true. Thank so you his eyes were blue. Ugh. With death being such an iconic scene that we all like, death never looked at the camera like that. But him doing that was way too fourth wall breaking. Like, right. hey, I just pulled it off. Ha ha ha. I'm like, no, I that's what I, I say about my condoms. Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into the discussion of Season 14, Episode 1, Stranger in a Strange Land. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis real quick? I sure as shit can, Thomas. This was directed by Thomas J. Wright, written by Andrew Dabb. God, I get the easy names on this show. I love it. (laughs) Sam, Mary, and the Apocalypse World refugees continue their search for Dean. Meanwhile, Cassiel's attempts to get information from a demon does not go according to plan. Now, Thomas J. Wright was the director of this one. We haven't seen him for about a year since season 13, episode two, The Rising Sun. It's nice to see him return to form. I I know that a lot of us are fans of his work. The Paramount episode to me, of course, is Baby from season 11. There's some good shit on this list. <clears throat> we got uh, Baby. We have All in the Family, Devil in the Details, Lily Sunder Has Some Regrets, clip show goodbye stranger a ton of great episodes do you believe in miracles that's a great season that finale a that's demon dean yep yes it is yeah so i like his list he has a great Repo body of work on here too and Repo he's Man's just dark. uh he's just a veteran tv director this guy's been in the business for years he knows what he's doing he's an expert he's a pro a good strong opener for a director for season 14 it, it does feel like dab did a lot more it, it felt like it was a lot more focused which i'm very happy to say than season 13 we've mentioned before just in this episode felt like this is going to be fun this is kind of what i want to do we're going to introduce new concepts this feels like it kind of buckled down a little bit to mm-hmm. start things off on the right foot yeah and one of the coolest things that we got was a glimpse of how angels see other angels for the first time ever new canon lore yeah well, is it new or is it just we're finally revealed? seeing something we never seen? Yeah, I like the like, Hellhound. It's something that existed, but we finally get to see it for yeah. the first time. So, yeah. like your guys' lore boner should have been. Oh, dude, yeah, rock and hard. it was blue. My biggest thing, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Thomas. In fact, somebody tweeted out to our account. Oh, uh, yep. Asking or wondering if you were happy, I believe, because yeah. it was Blue Flame for the, the intro. The title intro. Card. I was. I'm just gonna let you know that if you would have bitched about that. 
I would have never, ever let you in, live that <laughs> down. I would have been like, you are the biggest hypocrite. You should thank Adam W. right now. Yeah. Uh, a- Adam, Adam. Adam, thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. That was phenomenal. I like you, Adam. I, doesn't, I, you know, I don't ever have to you know, say anything like that because I like everything you do. I'm a terrible person, so I have to apparently clarify my statements all the time. But you know what I liked about it the most is mm. that for me, it brings back that symbolic nature of heaven and angels and how what we see as an audience isn't necessarily what is actually there. For example, heaven has always been more metaphorical, you know, mm-hmm. steeped within symbolism and, yeah, and not fair. necessarily tangible. So to kind of bring it back to that, that what otherworldly, we, what we see isn't necessarily what's there. Well, yeah, I mean, when you think back to even to way back with Kripke's run with the episode in which they go to heaven because the hunters killed in them. In season five, yeah. In season five, and it's, it's very abstract. It's all kinds of different memories laced together. The road Dark side looks of the moon. different for everybody, Castiel said. For you, the pathway is a road and you drive the Impala. For other people, it doesn't look like that. You're right. It has always been very metaphorical, very interpretive, and a lot of it has been left to the imagination. Now, this was a different sense in that we got to see that for a moment, but it was such a brief glimpse that unless you went back and paused it, which I'm sure many people did, it it does give you that sense of wonder. It's very much that there's something beyond what you can just see, that Alice in Wonderland, if I go down this rabbit hole, there, there's a whole new perspective. A, a whole, new, whole new world. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. I, of, just, I felt that that was needed. It was appropriate. Of things we haven't seen and and can't see as humans on this show. It brings the mystique back to heaven. I feel like what they've done, even through Carver's run, they just made heaven too literal. They did. They made it too literal. And it was never intended to, to be, be like that. a place with doors and hallways. Yeah. So to kind of introduce this aspect of angels back, that they see something different. They actually see the true form of the, the heavenly creatures. I like it. I feel like it brings back something that was needed to heaven. But do you think that they kept it very literal because they kept hell very literal? And what I mean by that is even hell hell wasn't for for the longest time. Well, I mean, there were shots we saw of doors. There was a shot we saw of the cage. I mean, this, and then we saw where the cage was. But you're talking about later seasons, Yeah, I'm just saying like in hell, you saw the cage and it was like literal look like hell. Mm -hmm. Like what you would imagine hell would look like. Yeah, and, and I think, all, we talked about that way back when the cage was introduced. You always have the risk of if I show what this looks like, it'll take away from the your mystique. imagination, yeah, yeah. The mystique. Well, I, how many of the episodes have we liked with a monster that we didn't actually really ever see? Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that goes along with what you're saying. The Thomas, memory is, remains. You never yeah. even saw that. The monster unseen in the works always works better. Yeah, in my opinion. because your imagination runs wild, yeah. and when your imagination runs wild, you either scare yourself or you think about something. And it always is personalized. Yep, to exactly. You. And I get that they've turned heaven literal. I understand. It's kind of a catch-22. They needed to progress the story. It worked for that specific season. But at the same time, when you're you're going on 14 seasons, sometimes it just kind of takes away from that – the mysterious element. And I feel like ultimately this was kind of a cool little nugget. Give it some of that mysticism again. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And again, you're right. It's a double-edged sword. You can't have one without taking away – from the other and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that was a nice little nod to that old style of interpreting heaven rather than seeing it literally. Now with this episode, there have been some people complaining about the premiere through social media and other what? avenues. People complaining? No way. Due to them feeling 
like they didn't that this episode didn't hit the ground running. This this episode wasn't balls to the wall premiere that we I didn't get enough Dean expect. Winchester. I need a more Dean. I need a more Dean more abs Dean. and just Dean and a yeah. dick and some Dean. <laughs> some Dean dick. <laughs> I wish we had a we do. There is a camera. Oh, thank Jesus. That was amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about, Thomas? <laughs> Fucking Dean. Right here. Needed more of that. That's what I that's what I envision. That is what I envision when I see people bitch and moan yeah. about not getting enough Dean. <laughs> Listen, it's Dean's show, along with Sam. Sam's it, also guess there. What? He's gonna be back. I know he is, but it's like, uh, yeah. that's what I feel like. Yeah. I feel like people bitch like that. Well, I just want to see more Dean so I can fucking flick my bean. Oh. <laughs> He's just not enough. Bean while I watch Dean. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's what I feel that, like. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just that Dean wasn't in it a lot. Thank you, Ryan, for that amazing <laughs> visual, however. But some people were upset because it felt a little slow. They didn't get actual Dean. They only had the Michael vessel and even that was kind of a bookend it, it was it, three appearances I yeah think. beginning middle end yeah yeah to me this is how you write a solid hour of television it's the way supernatural has always been written even in the earlier seasons you build you lay the groundwork then you boom you hit everybody with it and i feel like we've all been accustomed to those all you hit the ground running and for me for me this is a a welcome change of pace I like building slow burn. You know, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that word when it's used for television, slow burn. Definitely not for real life. So stupid. Definitely not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that word slow burn is used a lot to it justify is. shitty, bad paced writing. writing. It yep. is. But in this instance, I feel like that's exactly what it is. They're giving you that slow burn. If they didn't lay out all the moving parts, then I would say, yes, this is a shitty slow burn. Yeah. But they laid out all the they parts. They gave us a direction. All the... They gave us the direction. All the necessary parts are there. And that's why I'm not worried. And that's yeah. why I was very, very happy well, with, I think, with how they started this episode. How I, they started the season, I should say. I think you touched on it a little bit there. I think people are getting premiere and finale confused. Uh, not to sound like a, a total douchebag for a moment. But no. but of the season finale is the part, is the crescendo. It's when we're supposed to be building up. We've right. waited all fucking season. What's that it word? is the climax You've been edging for a whole year. You're about to bust a nut. That is oh, what. okay. I put it in Ryan terms. Thank you. That is That's what. That's a sexual crescendo. Single guy Ryan terms. Busting that a nut. That is the finale. Hey, baby, right. you want to have a sexual crescendo tonight? There you go. That's if I be, said that. Ryan's going to try that I am. as a pickup line. Yo, baby, you want to get a crescendo <laughs> in later you, tonight? I learned this from Why'd my your smart. your voice change? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've learned this from one of my so-called smart friends. I have an so academic called. friend who said crescendo is the better way to say <laughs> orgasm or climax. A crescendo of <laughs> feelings. A crescendo of Baby, feelings. Baby, can I crescendo on your face? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. That's one word. How do you spell that? Button? You know, I'm not offended because he did ask. He yeah. did. He did. I always ask. But yeah. the whole point is that is what the finale is. The premiere is supposed to be, to, to use the phrase that we don't like that much, the slow burn. It's supposed to be the setup. Here is mm -hmm. what you have going on. A pilot yeah. is perhaps the only season premiere where you really need to make sure that is intense, that captures everyone's attention, because that's your one true shot. We've had premieres that are that gangbusters, that are fantastic, but sometimes you need a slower one. Ultimately, I think it matters on what happened at the end of the previous season and 
is the writing good? Does it achieve the goal? With the end of season 13 and the death quotes, I put at this point because I guess we don't know, the death of Lucifer right. and, and all that happened in that season, with season 14, we have a little bit of a reset. Right. And that this did such a good job setting up where we're going to go for the characters, for Sam as a leader, for potentially assuming Dean and the fallout of what it's like to be possessed by an angel with no say as to what happens, to see Jack go through his changes of feeling vulnerable for the first time. All of this was set up and mixed with the aftermath of the events of season 13 that it fits perfectly. It doesn't feel like a jarring reset. No. Like some premieres do for this, other shows. It feels like it fits. This is naturally the next chapter. Right. This premiere is exactly what it should have been. There was yes. progression. There was set up over the course of the hour. And there's threats and theories. And because we can see the threats and we all have theories and there was progression of story, guess what? That's all the key ingredients that you need for a successful premiere. It set up the season, and it got us intrigued. Our interest has peaked. Exactly. You it have did to, its job. It did its job. You have to have all the parts placed properly. Otherwise, if you don't have that, you don't have a strong season no, to start you, with. You have us going into the mid-season finale going, what the fuck is going on? And I think Dab has, I hope that he's learned that compared to season 12, where for the first half, we were just confused. Yeah. And here, it's like, okay, we have very much reminiscent of Kripke. We have a clear goal for the most part, that will carry us into this mid-season finale, if not further, I said it with the, the villain. I said it in the pre-show. I mean, we had a clear, concise idea of where we're going in this season. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it didn't need a flashy episode or a holy shit moment for us to get that. And I think that's why when we talk about this being a very concise, a very, very good opening of what mm-hmm. we needed, it is. Because we didn't... We don't need any of those, oh, my God, Explosions moments. We need stuff. to know what the fuck is going on for this well, season. And this is something different. We are going on 14 seasons, and it's time that we kind of do something a little different. And not only was Dean MIA, but this is this is totally the opposite of what we got with Demon Dean. Yeah. We had Demon Dean right away, and he wasn't much of a threat. It, it just was a sad case that this man basically became an exaggerated version of himself. Right. An over-the-top version. An over-the-top version of of himself. He wasn't a true threat to anybody except himself. So to have them go this direction and actually are willing to spend time in this arena, personally, I felt like it worked for various reasons. As I mentioned, we've never had a season start this way. Uh, even Which with, is great, isn't it? It's very great. This is exciting new ground. It allows for the season's narrative to start in such a way that it creates a lot of new and interesting questions. How will Sam deal with the threat? How will Sam save Dean? What will be the consequences of Sam working without Dean? What time? Uh, what type of effect will this have on the brothers' relationship, which is the core of the, the show. cornerstone of the show? So we're essentially in new territory, and it shows commitment from the writers, especially Dab, to do something that is not the norm, to leave the comfort zone. How many times did we say this last year? A lot. Every episode after this mid-season premiere. Leave the comfort zone that we've had for the last 13 seasons and go into something that people wouldn't expect. Is it risky? Absolutely. That's why it's a great call to do this with the premiere. 
It creates discomfort and a bit of angst. Isn't that what drama is supposed well, to do? It's exactly. supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and unsure. As long as the writing is sound, these are the appropriate appropriate feelings. I think that was, again, we, I said it earlier, that was why this was the perfect way to set it up. Demon Dean, we waited the mid-season, or we waited for Helatus, and then we got it, and then it was kind of over. It wasn't anything special. We thought it was going to be a bigger deal. And so when he becomes Dean again, more than anything, we were disappointed, I think. With Michael being in control, we are so out of our norm. We're not, Dean's going to come back. They catch him in the first two episodes. It'll be all right. right. With this, I'm hoping that we see Michael is in control. He's the one running the shots. And it, it forces our characters to undergo change, which is the primary aspect of your characters in a story is to change along with the narrative. And this isn't us shitting on the demon Dean. No, arc, it's, it's different. It's different. And where was it's where its weaknesses were? We can make strengths now. Right. We're just contrasting the two. With, we're not. We're not. No, we're not shitting on. Yeah, anything we're not right shitting now. on on the demon Dean because I did like aspects. I did. Of oh, it. I did like aspects of it. I just I. But they also took. Early. They also took the easy route. Right. That's pretty yeah, much they, what we're trying to say they hit the easy button and got out of it quick yeah. and and for dab to take a risk with giving us a hopefully longer period of time without dean when he finally returns we as the audience will have that emotional resonance it will feel so much more impactful powerful important when he comes out of it and when he joins sam again yeah. to have that reunion at that point will mean something because it had to be earned it's not just given to us and, and creating I, that dread by having or keeping dean out i feel like is on point yeah like we need to share the dread that mary is feeling what sam is feeling that way we can you know have empathy that's how you yep. create empathy with your audience you create uh, relatable scenarios yep. that we can all kind of connect with and say okay this sucks and then suddenly we feel what they're feeling well i'm glad you said that because that was my next point was that is it not a great example of the strength of the writing of the strength of the acting and the show as a whole. Yeah. If you are feeling something you don't want to feel because the characters are feeling something they don't want to feel, that is empathy. That is true, good storytelling. We are sitting here just as upset about Dean being gone as Sam is. You should want to feel something when you're watching these, this show, not just – it's all fun when when we have the fun episode. We love that. But – truthfully if the episode makes us feel something it did a good job and with this premiere we are uncomfortable unsettled we're in the exact same boat as sam and that's a tapping that's tapping into the audience and that is a great example of writing done right it makes you feel something and we get all this perspective from sam winchester and i think this is probably going to be at least for the first half a very sam focused season which oh, yeah. i'm happy about because for a long time, Dean has been the center focal point of the show. And with Dab being in control, Sam has definitely started to work towards being a leader. There's a bit of a more even balance than I think Carver's run had. But we we get to see Sam come into his own without Dean as either well, the safety net or the, you know, wing to cover him. Well, the thing is, when Dean's gone, now that Dean's gone, Sam has to step up. Mm-hmm. He's got all these people in the bunker looking at him as a leader, as someone who led them out of Apocalypse World. He, that's, that's biblical. That's yeah, Messiah level. Yeah, yeah. He he basically Moses them out of the Apocalypse World, and now he is their leader, ex facto. So he has to step up. If he doesn't step up, then what are these people going to do? 
And I think we really see that shift in this episode when he comes back from his hunting trip, right? Absolutely. And people are looking at him like answers. Hey, we need to take out these vamps. And Sam is like, hey, I need you to... He's trying to delegate, but they don't know how to fucking do what he's asking. So well, he has to do it himself. And we see it firsthand. We were told this summer that Sam would grow significantly in this season, that he would become the leader in a way that we've not seen from him before. And I think that's a very good example was this first episode. We get a little bit of that beforehand, but now it's finally coming into the light. And this was where the writing really shined for me through Sam we are introduced to every aspect of the world as it currently stands. We're introduced to the current state of where our heroes are at. They didn't tell us anything without showing us. There was no diarrhea of the mouth moment in which he's just spouting off. Yeah. All this other stuff happened. And you know, as they walk down the, they didn't West wing it. They didn't walk down the hallway and just talk about what happened. We see he interacts with Jack because he's worried about him. He interacts with Nick and that tells us what happened there. He calls, Catch talks that, to that's him. That's the key words right there too. Interact. Interaction. Instead of giving us an info dump or an a, diarrhea of exposition, as you said, this is how you do exposition yeah. by having our characters interact, and we learn about the current climate three weeks later from the season finale. We mm-hmm. find out it's been three weeks later, and we find out where everyone's head is at through Sam also figuring it out the, through interaction. That's how you write a fucking episode. And everything that we learn circles around him and his decisions he made. It's not just we get a clip, we cut to a scene where some character is saying something that would never need to be said. For example, we know that hell is going crazy without leadership because Sam interacts with the demons. He goes there, has a conversation with Kip, which, real quick, what kind of name is Kip. A douche name. Come on, Thomas. You, these are your demons. Right. Azazel. <laughs> Crowley. Alistair. Kip. Well, he's like, a, well maybe that's Kip, just a nickname. Really? Maybe it's a nickname. For Copernicus. Yeah. <laughs> Copernicus. I don't know. I just made that up. Kip, dude. Come on. That was terrible. It's a douche name. He it's was a douche, douche perfect character. Perfect for the character. Yeah. But we learn about the state of hell, something that we were questioning at the end of season 13 through Sam's interaction with another character. Through Sam, we learned that Nick, the vessel of Lucifer, is shockingly still alive. Through Sam, we learn that he's that Jack has undergone a serious depowering, which I loved how they did that. It, it fits to give Jack new challenges, something he had never faced before. Last season, he had limitless power and didn't know what to do with it to some degree. That was always the fear, and he somewhat got some control of it, even though he did have some people die on his watch. But now he has a new challenge and a great way to remove the Superman element of how is he going to interact with this world now that his entire way of doing so has changed. And this could be an interesting way to further our, I want to say, further the relationship between Castiel and Jack. Because Castiel went through the same thing. Yeah. So it gives our characters reasons to interact with each other and talk about these issues rather than just saying, hey, this is how it is. Now we have someone firsthand who is experienced with this exact same thing. And I feel like that was it a good – It makes for stronger relationship building. Yes. I feel like that was a good example of Dab. I'm, and again, I'm, I'm saying this with all hope and, and, and true desire that this mm-hmm. is the case, that he learned from some of the mistakes from season 13 where Gabriel showed up and he got his grace back and it didn't really matter, so who cared? 
Meanwhile, with Jack, there's actual consequences to losing his grace. Lucifer and Gabriel just bounce back eventually. Jack has to learn how to interact with the world. It's like if, God forbid, somebody lost their sight or their hands, the way in which they interact on a daily level for him is completely different. He feels powerless. He feels weak and demotivated. Everything is different for him. But we learn all of this through Sam interacting with him, through Castiel interacting with him, another major character that, you know, we have to make note of. Through Sam, we learn that monsters are still a fucking problem, too. Vampires are apparently on the road like gypsies, just doing whatever the hell they want. We don't use that word anymore. It's inappropriate. Gypsies or vampires? We don't use uh, gypsies. It's an inappropriate word. So we use uh, migratory peoples. Migratory. <laughs> what? I'm being serious. Okay. But the whole point is that this episode is a great... I just want you to think about that. Migratory peoples. No, you think about it. Which one's less offensive? I don't give a fuck. Gypsy's an accurate term. (laughs) Yeah, if you're offensive. Oh. Oh my God, wow. But this episode was a great example of writing with a purpose, with what would appear to be motivation for our heroes and explanations behind most of what was introduced We're throughout also, this episode. Sorry, I didn't mean to just run over you like that. We're also, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up, Thomas. I don't care about your Moving point. Moving on, anyways. <laughs> what a dumbass fucking point that I wrote out for you to read. I'm sorry. Right, I, thought so, we were, I thought you were done. I, no, you're good. I was looking at Ryan. Um, that was your problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, one thing I really liked is the, the idea, because we already know how the episode ended, with a vampire mm. threat, right? But it wasn't just dropped on us once. The idea of a growing vampire threat was already introduced within the opening five minutes of the episode. And if that would have just been whatever. It would have been a throwaway. I would have been like, why though? Why did you have to throw in that entire thing? But now. At the end. At the end, it makes sense. This is all thought out writing. I love that. I'm not sure how many people. as Reading comments is always, you know, a, a double-edged sword on Reddit. But that's why I don't read them. I don't think many people picked up on that, that it was vampires are on the move. There's a lot of them. We have to do something. And then Michael at the end is, hey, vampires want some help. That's not if it had been a werewolf or some other monster thrown in, you would have thought, okay, maybe Michael's going to get monsters working together. Somehow he's got a plan for them. But the fact that we had vampires in the beginning and end shows that there is clearly an idea being formed. There is something that will happen with them moving into the season, which I think is great because they were the example of what can go wrong in the end of season 13. If they're not fed, they become these feral, horrifying, way worse creatures, which leaves all kinds of possibilities for what he's going to do with season 14. So ultimately, I think that's a good idea. It'll be a strong plot point yeah. for well, it season add, th- uh, 14. It adds another threat besides, you know, Michael as Dean. I think it, it adds us something that, A, they can focus on. If we get to a point where it's like, hey, we need you know, an episode about something that's not the overarching plot, but something that is definitely needs our character's attention. It reminds me of season five where the apocalypse was the overall threat, but there was still there was some shit demons doing shit. There yeah. were still monsters trying to avoid dying. Well, well they <laughs> like, made it, they made it, they made it a part of it by having Michael get involved too as well. So yeah. now not only do you have a, you know, you've got your big bad and you've got your mini boss essentially yeah. with, with what's henchman. Going, yeah, your henchman. And essentially you've got to have that, right? It adds depth to the story. It adds, you know, uh, an, Oh shit kind of, okay, we've got a problem that we need to handle before we get to 
it's know? it's a it's something that the first season of Daredevil did really great, where you have a tier system of yes. threats. You have to start lower and deal with these guys yep. at this level before you can build your way up to the boss. And that is Michael in this example. Uh, Brad Joe in our chat thread on Facebook says the word demon is also offensive. The PC term is mortally challenged. <laughs> Oh my god. So I just want to Oh my god, that's amazing. I, I just want to put that out there. I feel like it should be a thing. Oh my god. Mortally challenged. Wouldn't that be a zombie? Hey, listen. Hey. Are you saying zombies and demons are all alike? Be on the right side of history, oh, right? I, okay. Did I just assume their their death? <laughs> I just assume their their neck something. Brosis? Ryan, we're, we're working it out. Ryan. Be on the right side of history, okay? Oh, so if I'm not, what does that make me? A demon. A demon. Oh. <laughs> You're going to be mortally challenged. This is a circle. This is a damn circle here. It's a spirograph. It just loops in on itself. Spirograph. Another word for you to look up later. But speaking of Michael's setting up, that that is the vampires were the base level of enemies. He's going to be the major threat. And what's nice with this pilot is we get little touches on what he's up to. Yeah. You know, the opening of the episode is Michael, which I I loved that. The guy's praying and then he's just there, this ominous. Yeah. He's just exudes power. And like you said earlier, Ryan, just he's dangerous. He's intense. He's intense. He's calm. He doesn't need to be fired up and angry like other villains have been because he is 100% sure of himself. Well, and that's isn't unsettling. He, isn't he way more threatening because he's playing it like this? Yeah. Cool, it calm, works. collective. We forget just how powerful he can be inside of Bean as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> That's his true vessel, even though this is not the Michael our, sword. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> that wasn't even a joke, but sure, it, it works though. I That's just the PC way of saying it, yeah, instead of saying the <laughs> I just think that villains that are very confident and don't have to get angry mm-hmm. and are intense like that and very serious are scarier to me than the guys who blow up and burst into these huge angry fits mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, we get it, dude, you're angry. But like, this is like very methodical. Yeah. It's very scary. And I think that's, that's why I have a kind of an, Oh shit vibe of Michael, you know, using Dean's vessel and it becomes this kind of like, how are they going to get, how are they going to do this? Right. How are they going to get rid of this problem yeah. without hurting Dean? And not only that, just the, um, the acting of Jensen Ackles. He's so good. Dude. Giving him something different. This is definitely, and correct me if I'm wrong, even people out there, right, Thomas? Mm-hmm. But I don't feel or I don't think that Jensen has ever played a role quite like this on Supernatural. I where it he he it's you're doing away with all of the Dean Winchester traits. Yeah. For example, even with Demon Dean, it was kind of a hyper version. It was him on roids. Like, it was just turned up to 11. Yeah. We've seen bad guy Dean. We've seen sexy badass Dean. Mm. We've seen all the different Deans. Goofball but, Dean. But this type of yeah. Dean we've never seen before. So it's I'm, not Dean. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's interesting to see an actor that we've been watching on screen for 13, 14 years to see him do something different in the same show that right. he's been in. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a rare. It's a rare circumstance. We don't get to see things like that. Very often in TV shows. We don't. And the way in which it was utilized was very sparse and very smart. He's in, He bookends the entire episode. He's in the very beginning, he's in the middle, and he's at the very end. And it kind of works. He's very neat. He's very collected and calm and, and does give you, as you guys said, 
that sense that he doesn't need to be outraged or angry because it's all within his control and his power. And seeing that as he goes through asking people what they want, we as an audience, we're not quite sure who or what type of people in the beginning, but by the end of the episode with that reveal of the vampire, we have an idea as to what he's got planned. He's looking for people who aren't muddied, who don't have a bunch of different reasons and motivations behind something. He's looking for people very much like him who are devout, have one purpose, have one goal, and are going to help him achieve it in some way. The vampires being because they want to eat is both ominous and unsettling and also, again, gives us kind of an idea. I get a vibe very much of the Croatoan virus and when Lucifer was in control. This version of Michael feels like when Sam was possessed by Lucifer in the end episode in season five, the alternate reality. He is the all-powerful. He is in control. He has a army of hungry, ravenous monsters beneath him to do whatever he wants. I feel like that there he's taking Dab is doing a good job taking what worked from previous episodes and learning from his own experience in season 13 as to what worked and what didn't to set up a strong opener, a strong foundation for season 14 moving forward. And because this episode, it, it gives it gives me I'm sure it gives you guys so far from what we're talking about, gives us confidence taking a step back from the story aspects in itself and looking at how this episode was crafted, how it was written in the first place. Everything, everyone has a purpose. One second. Hey, everybody that's listening, if you're in the Facebook group where we're now chatting, please keep all conversations on the thread. This is going to be ran like a real group on Facebook. There needs to be some rules. This isn't a fake Otherwise, there's going to be comments everywhere. Any comments you wish to add Put it on the actual post slash thread for this specific discussion. Otherwise, we're going to have be things too popping up all over the place and we're going to lose track of the conversation. So this week, I'm going to keep it loose. But after this week, I'm going to start deleting comments because we need to keep that group very clean so that people know exactly where the conversation's at. Yeah, so don't fuck up. <laughs> Even though Ryan replied to people on the wrong post, that doesn't mean. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to keep this conversation going. I can keep track of it. I'm sorry. That Don't you're... fuck up. But if you do, I'll still talk to you. Absolutely. I don't delete anything. No, and I'm not. And no, don't, and don't just, delete your comments. Oh, now I'm please. deleting it right now. No, anybody. Don't have, no one <laughs> We're just saying, your comments. Don't make new posts. Yeah, so much just, just keep, have, the, keep the discussion going on one thread. It's just it's easier for everyone to interact with and, and read and catch all the information. So. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, you okay. had a theory. I have a I, so before the before you got here, Thomas, Mike, and I had a little conversation, and I came up with kind of a theory on what I think is is ultimately going to happen and where we might actually end the sh- the series, the entire series. Okay. Now we all know that at the end of season five, uh, Dean was supposed to be possessed by Michael, and and um, Jared or. Sam Sam was supposed to be possessed by Lucifer. Mm -hmm. That was the ultimate goal for the apocalypse, right? Right. Well, that obviously didn't happen. We're always having a conversation about destiny and what is going to happen and where there is their defined roles in history and destiny coming forward. So in this episode, we see Sam say, if anyone wants the job of king of hell, they have to go through me. So in my thought process, (laughs) I thought this is instead of Sam taking in Lucifer, 
as his vessel. What if Sam reluctantly becomes the king of hell without trying to become the king of hell? Now he runs hell without actually saying he takes the job, right? Okay. Now you have Dean, who is possessed by Michael currently. That leads him down a road to possibly leading to him running heaven heaven. and have this. Yes. So now, now Mike had a great idea is now they reluctantly take these jobs of where they were essentially supposed to go in the first place. But it also gives us a, a way to end the show with, without actually how you know, awesome would it be funny. if Ryan's idea is comes, point. comes about it's funny that you said that because it, it works on a lot of levels because A it sticks to the original concept of the show right they that was the original it, concept if the only way to bring balance and safety to the universe is for Dean and Sam to actually take on their roles but without ending the world with and an without it being told that they must but it's actually their decision it. it's yeah. their decision because it's about free will it's their decision to voluntarily take those roles yes. on and then suddenly you have two brothers one in heaven, one in hell. How fucking seamless does that fit with you the know, core concept of here's, supernatural? Here's the thing. That works on another level too because there are many Native American stories about spirit animals and one is wolf – one wolf control their brothers. One controls day and then the other dies and he right. controls night. And then he there's, a lot of, there's a lot of – other mysticism and yep. spirituality around that very same idea. There's that tons of mythology there's, like that. The mythology is huge there's on that concept. Of, there's tons of mythology dealing with sibling, sibling deities that that must take on roles they in can, order to save. They can never be together despite what they want, but it's for the good of the universe. Yeah, and I'm not saying Sam will end up being an evil hell, king no. of hell. No, he will willingly take that on and do good Yes. Within hell so, to keep it balanced control and controlled. It. Right. So one of the other things that I, I thought about, too, in the terms of CW and a TV show and how this would work is you have to understand, too, that say, for example, I don't want to say redeem. I think what if this season goes really well? Season 14 goes really, really well. and They say, you know what? We're going to do another season because mm-hmm. this you're laying the groundwork in 14 for this. Right. Right. With just this first episode. Obviously, I'm probably reading way too much in this speculation. Hey, no, but, that's what this is about, man. But, that's fucking great. I love that. What if... If anything, I'll be mad if you're right. What if... like, fuck, Ryan guessed it. What if... Well, dude, did you see my face? Well, you didn't. Ryan, like, witnessed sheer, like... Awe. Yeah, I was very baffled at first that he came up with such a great idea that made sense. <laughs> but I was sold. It made perfect no, so sense. So that's how I just felt, dude. I'm like, yeah, that would fucking so think be about great. It, think about it this way, too. In the terms of TV shows and ratings and things like that. Say season 14 goes really well. Mm-hmm. They hit it. At, they hit a home run. There's a way you slow play this. Where if, say, you want to get two or three more seasons out. Yeah. They you can, can still slow, do it. You, you just, every season, you yeah. have these hints. Yeah. And you have these ways. Destiny and then, and fate. Exactly. And that with Destiny Fuck, being... I'm- Mad and happy. I mean, Think we always it. assumed they would just die, right? Right. That it's going to go or out that way. But what if it to. goes out the way that it was supposed to go out? What if they die and that's still how it goes out? They die. They go, one goes to heaven, one goes to hell, and they have to be the guardian, the protector, the, the, the king. And you you think about it this way. We've seen Sam do so many things, and we've seen last season that's him become a leader. We've huh, seen him become I, a, We've seen Damn him, it. <laughs> we've seen him slowly become a leader, and this last season is what we saw him kind of peak, and now we're getting yeah. to this point where it's like he basically in that bar, if you really think about it, he Told became, the demons, I'm, I'm in the charge. King, I'm in charge. Yeah, he and essentially is now the king of hell in his yeah. own way. 
He says, if anybody has any ideas of becoming the king of hell, you have to go through me. me. So what did he just do? Basically became the king of hell. He's the king of hell. Yeah. Motherfucker. If Ryan is right about this. Dude, it's so good. So proud, happy, and pissed at the same time. (laughs) I just think ultimately we've always had this thought of they have to die. They have to die. They have to die. Why not reluctantly become the things that you you really didn't want to become? But you do when you do become that, you say, okay, I have to do this better. Well, I if anything, to. we've learned from Supernatural, death isn't the end. No. And I, and then I think, again, I still don't think they have to die with this, with this outcome. They can, they can take this outcome. What? Hello? <laughs> it's the Supernatural writing room. They uh, want to hire Ryan. <laughs> God damn it. Not, not All right, guys. So now no, we now me. we got to do one. I mean, now that I've got that figured kidding. out, let's do a couple dick episodes, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> let's, Should let's, we open up with a taint shot? There's a Destiel. Uh, like, we slowly like pan he, out. I like how Ryan zoom out. He guides his whole. He lives by the whole douche bag <laughs> theory. Like, yeah. Hey, listen. I'm going to make you guys think that I'm really into writing and I'm good at it. And then I'm just going to drop these dick ideas yeah. on you. Like yeah, that's how he does handles everything look, in his life. Dating. Yeah. He comes off at the first date pretty strong. And then he's, when you get to know him and no, opens I, his mouth, women hate him. I just want you guys to know, <laughs> look, look, may, just because I came up with it, <laughs> the writing room still calling. God, that would piss Thomas off. You're a hot commodity, right? No, again, that's a great fucking idea. What just, idea did Thomas ever give us? He just blue gave fire. us blue fire. <laughs> Who cares about that? Blue fire, and he didn't like plucky penny whistle. I just, I think ultimately, if they do go that route, there are ways that you can slow play it. Oh, there yeah. are ways you could, if if say the season sucks and they speed it up and they, and we don't want this to happen. I'm not saying I want this, but there are ways to make this happen. And and if they don't die, you have that option to bring them back for yep. a movie or whatever you guys mm-hmm. want to do with it. You can do almost anything, anything. And now you've got them where one is the leader of hell and one is the leader of heaven and now you've got that some is, kind of huge monster you know well you got the, the multiverse too. yes exactly so and that is very shakespeare that that tragedy element of how that would end that is that is really good yeah i don't that know how i can, i just I, I watched him standing there i'm like is this where they're going with well this? it's all this theory is all based on logic and yeah. what we've seen so it does make perfect sense i would be okay I'd be super with that psyched. yeah i'd, I'd be, be super that. psyched man it, fuck it, it makes sense. It would be cool. And I think well, now, people wouldn't be pissed off. Well, then it. we have other questions. Now that we've solved the show ending. Thank you. Let's go to a question that I think a lot of us had when we were watching this episode. There was various questions raised in yes, this episode. The, the biggest one. But not because one. of laziness. I, I feel like they no. purposely posed certain they a, questions. They, they were there for a reason. There's and a you ha- reason and you for have this to. one. For season premieres, you got to pose these questions. Absolutely. The biggest one. And again, you're right. I think there is there's something up. They're leading to something with this is how is Nick alive? Now, during season 12, Crowley said that they had found the vessel and that they had repaired it and rebuilt it to be stronger, that it was strengthened with the same magic used to make uh, Lucifer's cage in the first place. So that that gives us some out, some reasoning behind it. I feel like it's it's logical. I mean, it's... I think it's safe to assume the vessel survived along with the soul of Nick. There's there's a couple options. There's that. I mean, they never said he was dead. Crowley said he found it. What was it? Tossed on the street? Was that <laughs> Still his in words? that apartment in Detroit. <laughs> Is that what Crowley said, essentially? That we found it and repaired it and made it stronger with the same 
magical ingredients that made Lucifer's cage. I don't think this is an issue. A lot of people were crying saying this doesn't make sense. It's not logical. I'm like, well, if you go back to what Crowley said, which to begin with, that idea was a little weak back yeah. in season 12. We, I don't think any of us was completely sold on that idea. Right. And, we just right? accepted it for what it was. Whether we agree with that concept or not doesn't matter. It's been stated two years ago, and now they're using that to launch a new plot i guess with nick well, i don't know what it's beyond going to turn that, into i can't imagine them bringing lucifer back again no he's no, not coming back. i can't if i he, hope not. i swear to god if he comes back i will rage quit <laughs> i can't do it again I, I can't man it's just it can't be our lucifer the only way i'd see that is if it was another dimension now we're version. Gonna bring earth three lucifer sure mm. now but the thing is there's you're right mike there's the cage explanation there's the one that sam provided that perhaps the archangel blade is unique but there's also the fact that Lucifer had in, had absorbed some of a Nephilim's grace and was more well, that's, powerful than that's before. That's nothing new, right? The Sam saying that the uh, angel blades designed to kill a, archangel. an archangel. That's yeah. and also if you look at where he was stabbed, it's not a it's not a mortal wound. It's not a, a mortal human. wound. So any, I think all of this works. Yes, there needs to be some more explanation, but I think the 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 initial introduction of the concept. I feel works. I, I don't think, think it's, it's anything to get upset about. I think it's less the how and more the why. Yeah. How you came back. We have two, three different answers for Nephilim grace, altered vessel, archangel blade, non-mortal wound. How is fine. Why? Why have Nick come back? Not Lucifer in any way. And that's purposely set up. Set up. It, that is that is very very deliberate. It's not just that hey, isn't like hey, we like you, Pellegrino. Yeah. Come on back and be on the show. For what reason? I don't know. There's a, because there's, my contract. <laughs> and there's there, a reason why. Yeah, there's and a, he with, doesn't come back for now. And the the thing is, we have the vessel of an archangel, albeit Lucifer, who was forced to do or witness and be a part of terrible things against his will. In the same season in which Dean is the vessel of an archangel being forced to do or witness terrible things against his will, there is very likely a setup for an ethical dilemma, the, the quandaries, the aftermath of Dean being possessed by Michael. I could easily see Dean conversing with Nick about what it's like, even Sam, because Sam experienced it for a short period of time. They all know what it is like to be as Jimmy Novak put it way back in season four or five, I can't remember which one strapped to a comet and just being dragged along for the ride. Lucifer Nick in this scenario has done far worse things than I'm sure Dean will be a part of, but that doesn't mean he won't be able to relate to him in this season. And I think that's perhaps the greatest reason as to why we still have this character around. And they can also do like some soft retconning. They can kind of, redefine what it means to be the true vessel right um i mean when you think about it from a practical standpoint if you are a true vessel or a vessel of mm -hmm. lucifer or michael then you would think there has to be something special about that vessel and it has to do with the soul right so maybe in order for it to be a real vessel you have to have the soul of the individual as well in that vessel again i don't no, we don't know if yet. that has actually been stated as 
no, that doesn't need to be the case. It would make sense. But if they were to rework it and do some minor retconning or some new expansion on lore, I feel like that could work as well. That, hey, guess what? Nick never was dead because Lucifer made sure that his soul was alive because he needs that in order for it to be a true vessel in general. And the same thing can can apply to, say, Sam and Dean. I mean, it would work. And again, you don't need a retcon. You just need... All you need is an angel or demon saying, do you know why you have to have the right vessel and then explain it there? The only person that has an empty vessel is Castiel, right? And that was made by God. That was special brought back repeatedly by God. So That was a special edition. It's a special edition. It's got a bigger dick this time. It only had a six-incher. Now it's got an eight-incher. Hey, God, I just want to say, if you're going to bring me back again, can, I have can, a bigger you, can you give a me about thing. three or four inches more in the vessel? Thanks. Yeah, I just, Thanks I, for doing me a solid. What, what, three or four inches taller? No, no, no. Because all the Leviathan the did way. was make me like ooze out some black uh, ooze. I had to go to a doctor yeah. for months. It, it never stopped. It was yeah, weird. I was oozing out of the tip. Oh. And not the good <laughs> oozing. Yeah, so that'll be... Perhaps one of the biggest questions of this episode, but the biggest question of this season is easily going to be, what is Michael's plan? Now, he wants to, according to Nick and to others, from what we can piece together, he wants to make a better world. But that's completely subjective to his point of view of what exactly does better, a better mean. World. Yeah. For him, for his viewpoint and what we've seen, it's more of a cleansed world saved those who know what they want those who he deems worthy are the ones that will stick around do we even know that really that's kind of what we're assuming based on some of his discussions because we've had a devout muslim who is not worthy because he did terrible things in the eyes of michael you doesn't matter how devout you are to your faith if you still did something wrong you're not worthy to him and you can have negative intentions well there's some takeaways as well on that thomas for example if michael was in fact about to go on a killing spree again right Mm -hmm. then he would have killed these individuals he's purposely going and asking he already knows he knows what's in people's minds yeah but he's purposely going and asking people a simple question what is it you want and if he's not happy, he leaves them. I mean, he didn't kill. I think it's safe to assume he didn't kill the, uh, what Jamil. was his name? Jamil. Mm-hmm. Jamil. He didn't kill a nail. Right? Is that her name? The angel? Joe? Yes. And, and he didn't and I, kill Kip. They alluded to the fact that he, he had also had, had spoken to the demon Kip. So he's not killing these people. So his plan is is a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, he learned from whatever he did in the first time, just brutality and violence did not work. He's looking for a specific answer. And the question is why? What what is his ultimate goal? He knows what he wants to find, people with a clear purpose who know exactly what they want out of this world or this life, but what is his ultimate goal? What does he want from them and how is that going to build into his plan? I mean, he's even talked about He's helping monsters. He's talked to humans. He's he's talked to the angels and knows there's not many of them. They may work into his plan. He may do them a favor, he alludes to, if they are worthy. So he's got some sense of morality in his mind as to what would make this world good and what is worth keeping around. So where we go from that is it all kinds of possibilities, but I do think... 
I got a vibe of a little bit more of an Old Testament God where it is exactly like this. This is what you do or there is punishment, but not as widespread and chaotic as it probably grew to be in the apocalypse world originally. Maybe he's just going around. He's going about it a different way. I, I think the the end result same is goal, pro- different tactics. Yeah, different tactics. I think ultimate goal is to to cleanse the world and you know, but to leave it not as scorched. Because well, then, what's the point? Yeah, because if you know, if you really think about apocalypse world, it was a piece of shit. So <laughs> is he really going to go that route again? Maybe he wants the world cleansed, but he doesn't want it to look like a fucking asshole when he's done. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, the world wasn't that sustainable with no. with what he did. He realized his mistake. He scorched the fuck out of the earth. Which I kind of like that there's a guy not looking to destroy the world. He's looking and it. possibly posing an even greater threat than just simply wiping mankind off the map. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Yep, I'm very intrigued by what they have set up. And again, it gives us a great plot, a great driving force for the whole season as a whole. I mean, the the whole idea is this archangel has a, pl- a nefarious plan for the entire world. That's not just Lucifer level destruction. That's pretty fucking yeah. interesting. Th- these are definitely the, the biggest questions that we just went over. There's littler ones, but yeah. Yeah. But these are the big ones. Now we've got, as always, we do a post on Facebook about getting some viewer feedback, what they thought of the premiere. Ryan, can you read a couple of those Holy for me, or are you not ready? Shit, I'll I didn't even go. know I was going to be right. doing that. Well, then I'll start. I can pull it up, though. Uh, Nicole Clark says, I find myself always very high. Look at you pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> about time. Very know, white right? name there. I could do that one. Oh. Why well, you got to make it a race? Now. <laughs> he's, he's very racist. When it comes he to is very racist. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, I find Dick myself it. always I only very know how to high. pronounce names with the origin is from. If they're uh, Anglo-Saxon, I can say their name. Correctly. I'm very white. That's what my point is. Sour cream. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I find myself always very high on the season premieres. It's the beginning of the next chapter, and I'm so excited to see what uh, what's next that I find I am more willing to overlook things in the premiere that I might not later on in the season. I agree with some of the others that Nick's that the Nick storyline is setting up a potential way to free Dean, and I'm. Certainly not going to complain about more Mark Pellegrino, but if it's secretly Lucifer, I don't want that. Death is meaningless and less uh, meaning less and less in this world, and without that threat, there's no real danger or drama. This needs to be, or there needs to be some finality for some of these characters. I think we can all agree to that. Uh, Lucifer needs to stay dead at this point. Perhaps Nick playing another vessel could be a thing, but. We don't want <laughs> Lucifer returning at this point. Ah. It's time for something new. Uh, I love seeing Sam take charge. He really seems in his element, and I think it's a great move. I like when move. he takes charge, too. <laughs> right in my... I think it's a great move for this character. The Dean Michael stuff was confusing at first, why this powerful archangel was visiting a random guy, but by the end of the episode, it made sense, and with finding out that there are 100,000 monsters in this world, like 100,000 monsters in this world, uh, and that's who Michael finds worthy to be saved in his better world and therefore who he's going to team up with that can have a lot of really terrifying implications. I don't understand the Castiel situation though. I'm glad the bad guys finally wised up and didn't meet the Winchester uh, Winchester's OP pet angel alone. And they did get a group beat down, but that, uh, but doesn't he just need to touch them to burn them out? How did they hold him and just tie him to a chair? 
Why didn't he teleport? Did I miss something that nerfed him? Because plot reasons, all right? <laughs> plot reasons. Because overall, reasons, duh. Overall, solid episode that left me excited for where the season will go. But again, I'm always optimistic about my favorite show. I do feel that that was a bill a bit strange. Yeah. I agree. The whole Castiel being beaten up his ass and that he by, couldn't yeah. even stand up. Oh no. Two also, demons holding me. They called themselves out. You know, Castiel did say I'm a bit embarrassed more than anything. And I'm like, at least he you, said that you should be Castiel. Really? At this point sake, in man. the game, at this point in the game, you're getting, uh, you're Pistol getting whipped, pistol whipped and beaten by demons. I feel like that was probably the only weak part of the finale of the premiere I, I, it didn't make sense. I felt like there was a better way to go about getting the demons to confront Sam. You know what my thought was? If they wanted to still have that, if you had an entire room stand up of demons and they've surrounded him, just cut away at that point. Don't show us how he got his ass beat by them holding him. Just show us that he was trapped unprepared in a room with 10 plus demons and we cut away from it, and our, as we said earlier, our imagination will fill in the gaps. Yeah, they must be powerful. They, they must have done something. Beat him down with their. They don't don't show us just actually. Their demon punching. Their big old Denis dongs. Denis dongs. <laughs> demon penis. Demon Denis. A Denis. <laughs> All right, that. So I like that. Let's read one more. Uh, Kathy Tyler has a lot written, and I feel like it will add more to the conversation. So, can you get through her? You don't as want well? to hear more about Denis? No. Uh, we're, we're going on two hours here <laughs> all right so here's her take all grief beard and dapper michael dean aside mm. i watch for story and there are some story points in this episode that made me go huh first i think there uh, i think it should have said to be continued at the end but the past few seasons soft openers have tied together in either two or four part stories yeah uh two side characters like maggie uh, she was all badass vampire hunter in the apocalypse universe, and she forgets everything in the Winchester world. Well, I, I wouldn't say she forgets everything because her and Mary are the only two people that didn't get their ass handed to them in that bar fight. True. Uh, it says, I get she wouldn't know how to use a computer, but a blade. Uh, anyway, maybe she's forgetful. She gets the second kill of the show after Mary. So let's hear it for the girls. I, I could see the computer and not understanding the medical aspect of how do I remove a tooth from an open wound and how do I stitch this kind yeah, of thing? Those right. are actual skills. But do I stab him with the pointy end? I think they could have just rewritten that. You would have been. Well, I thought that's that typically what I do. That, that was a joke, though. Right. Yeah. I typically stab with the pointy end. <laughs> that's what you should do. Yeah. She says, Nick's return. What do you do? Stab with a taint? I mean, that's not going to work. Well, watch cam. his taint cam and you'll find out. Yeah. Watch the taint cam. Uh, she says, Nick's return. I saw that coming halfway through last year, but I was mm -hmm. hoping it would be alternate Apocalypse Universe Nick, who slipped through the crack when they all made the leap last season. But now that I think about it, that whole scene is set up for Dean's return. So Archangel Blades only kill, quote, the Archangel and not the host, where Angel Blades and Demon Knives kill both. Well, I don't even think Demon Knives necessarily kill someone. If you do, if it's a mortal, it's very simple. If it's a mortal wound, then chances are the the vessel probably like the will die was. as well if i stab you know let's say ryan i always this is how i always assumed mm -hmm. it worked if ryan say he's possessed right right and i have the the demon blade and i stab him in the throat chances are the demon's gonna die and the vessel if i stab him in the side or the arm the demon will either die or exit the body, which we've seen that. We've seen that in season one with yellow eyes. Or the vessel and the vessel remains. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's changing anything. It's just never really been explained. Established 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, because when Sam shot his dad with the Colt, it, it was wasted one of the bullets, but yes. it got yellow it eyes. It didn't kill leave. him. But, it fucking yeah. hurt, though. Yeah. Ow. So I think all actually, I, I feel like that's actually very conducive with established canon then. So far. Yeah. Uh, she, says, she says, at least that is better than the golden egg that Ketch is looking for back in the UK, <laughs> because we all know how well that worked the first time. I agree with her on that. One <laughs> I was so happy. They're like, yeah, I can't find it. I was happy, too, because I was thinking Thank about God. that. I was thinking yeah. exactly that. Like, if they use the egg, <laughs> the Harry Easter Potter motherfucker, egg. <laughs> just throw an egg. It's School's out, <laughs> motherfucker. School. Oh, God. No, uh, but apparently Cass forgot because he was in the closet or was running to hide with Kelly Klein while the Winchester. I thought Crowley Dean was in the closet. I thought that <laughs> along with Thomas. I thought th- those right. were the two. And Rowena tried to save the president. For me, that episode jumped the shark and was st- the start of the whole alternative timeline. Uh, number four, Michael and his vampire army. Is he going to raid purgatory next since he has all of Dean's memories? An army of monsters who only really have one thought survive. Angels and demons have played in the gray area too long, so I guess I am with Michael on that one. Monsters will be easier to control and won't question authority. Yeah, I think the demons are That's being sidelined point. for the time being. I think that whole comment oh, yeah. with with uh, no king of hell. Sam saying there's no king of hell. I think that's them putting the writers putting a pin in it. That's saying everyone shut up about hell for a season because technically they don't need to go back to there's nothing there to the hell issue. It, no. it was fully established this week in the premiere that they will have to answer to Sam and none of them wanted to. They all were afraid and they left. So I feel like for right now, the hell threat or the threat from hell can just be sidelined. Yeah. And it would make sense. Uh, Number five, she says car scenes with solo Sam, Mary and Sam, Jack and Bobby. Nothing like a long car ride to have a captured audience to give the talk. Driver's side (laughs) is the, is the seat of guilt and regret. Shotgun is the seat of hope and or despair. Bobby giving Jack the talk was like Dean giving Sam the talk, and Jack looks for looks longingly out of the window. Uh, finally, six there are there will be no more King of Hell. They will have to go through me first. Is that a throwback to earlier seasons? There has been a balance with uh, there has to be a balance, which is why the Winchester story has been so good. When they are, are at when they are at a Jesus balance, Christ. things are pretty good. <laughs> Now that heaven is a mess and hell is doing its usual things to establish its own brand of balance, could the story swing back to the lessons of the Winchesters can teach others in family, teammates, and etc. Uh, to balance out the Winchester universe? There you go, Michael. That's what I want. Balance between good and evil. Peace, love, and happiness is overrated, but balance, I can live with that. Hey, balance. That's exactly what, she, what we were just saying. Yeah. So that, see, that's right. All right. So a lot of us are on the same page. It's I like an Orion's this. theory, too. There's a comment from Heather Rushforth. And I will read this one. This is the last one. There's some negativity in there, and that's why I wanted to bring it to light. So there's a little bit of a balance in our discussion. Surprise, so many liked it. I was dissatisfied. Pacing was bad. Writing was bad. Fight scene was strange. I agree with one of those. I know you guys are happy with the blue fire opening. (laughs) (laughs) She says, Michael was stiff, but I hope Jensen will grow into it. And I, we've explained our thoughts on that. I, I feel like it was a more subtle performance, and it yes. made a lot of sense. Not everyone's going to Johnny Depp and Daniel Day-Lewis this motherfucker and make it some eccentric bad guy role. I feel like that's the go-to. That's why everyone who gets nominated at the Oscars or for Emmys, it's always the bad guys. Yeah. Because it's those eccentric roles. In fact, what's his face? Um, Brian Cranston said this at, I believe, an acceptance speech. He says, I thank everybody for nominating me. To play Walter White in Breaking Bad. 
But he said the real award should go to the people who play straight characters and not in a sexual manner. So calm down, Ryan. Straight characters meaning the good guy or the subtle version of a character. He says it's, it's, it's a lot easier to get noticed when you're playing the eccentric, when you're playing the bad guy. But overall, I, I preferred that we got a subtle Mike. Right? And we're, yeah. we're friends. I call him Mike now. <laughs> I was going to say, are you guys uh, on a first name basis? That's yeah. I mean, makes mm-hmm. sense. And he also, he also says, I hope Jensen will grow into it. Kaz not being able to see demons, nor fight well, nor heal. BS. Uh, that's questionable. Yeah, I can see that's that. That's fair. Sam, no complaints. Uh, not into hot. Mary, still no depth. And pairing with Bobby is weird. They didn't pair her with Bobby. They quite, started yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they had and a then, beer together. That's, they're staring at each other after- like kind of flirty yeah well, after yeah. one beer that's where it gets real uh, the mary thing sexual. i disagree with as well um the depth i feel is there for mary especially if you listen to our patreon video cast that we did during the summertime we completely dissect what they were doing with mary which is one of the strengths in my opinion of season 13 and season 12 uh let's see why are we having children fighter battles maggie and jack are your backup <laughs> Uh, finally, Nick, he was, uh, re-insold <laughs> after Crowley rebuilt him in season 12. That's a question. Really? No, just no. Dab started us off by asking a ton of questions when prior ones haven't been answered. Hmm. Okay. I think Dab has, uh, passed Buck Lemming, Buck Lemming for worst writer. I feel like this is one of the stronger episodes he's written. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the stronger ones. I do see a couple of her complaints, such as the fight scene being a little odd. Her issues, there's some validity. Yeah. And and Castiel. To some of what she's we're saying, all, absolutely. We're all kind of like, how did Casket beat that bad? But at least at least they called themselves out, being like, yeah, I'm embarrassed. I tripped and fell on my sword. Like, yeah. There was something to it, <laughs> at least. I'm willing to play the patient game with some of the questions that were left open last season. Because we need to make the way, make way for a new season. It's not like this is the final season. I think we can all <laughs> agree with that. So any questions, any lingering big questions, that can be resolved at a later time. I, I feel like the immediate questions, the immediate problems were addressed in this episode. Yeah, I think so. We need to wrap it up. Okay. I never wrap it up. So I would just move into final thoughts. All right. Well, it's been a long discussion for the premiere. Ryan, what were your final thoughts? What do you give this episode overall? Um, thought we weren't going to do grades. We're not. Okay. What? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> no, you do a grade right. I'm not down. doing a grade. Fuck you, Thomas. Uh, I, I actually, you guys can do grades if you want. This, I'm not, I'm not doing it either because I hate having to think about it. Um, <laughs> essentially I, I, this That's is what, what happens when people complain too much. Yeah, we just they, don't do, we, no. just, we start taking things away from the show. This is, I'm, it's, it's a par- It's the parent in me. Oh god! I'm gonna turn this thing around. Oh my god! I'm gonna turn this motherfucker around. <laughs> oh my god! Stupid. Um, this is what we needed. Uh, at least in my opinion, this is what we needed for a premiere. I felt like, you know, yeah, it didn't have a ton of flashiness or over the top or oh my god or what the fuck moments. It had a concise story. It showed us the direction we're going in for the season. Um, we got a, a couple answers, but we also got some kind of mystery or questions that I think. They're good questions. It's okay to have questions after the premiere, right? As long yeah. as they can answer yeah, throughout absolutely. the season. So I think for me, I truly enjoyed this opening. I didn't, uh, I, the fight scene was the only thing that I had a problem with. It just looked a little wonky to me. Um, 
but other than that, I felt like Dean's portrayal of Michael or uh, Jensen's portrayal of Michael is going to be stellar. I think it might be one of the best things he's going to, he's done in the show. And I mean that sincerely. I think he's going to be really, really um, intense. And I'm looking forward to that. Seeing Sam uh, step up even last season and then continuing that into this season is, I think, important for his character. And I'm glad we're going to see some of that. Also, he looks badass with a beard. Um, I just I, I like this episode. I think this is exactly what we needed for a premiere. And let, let's uh, Thomas. We'll let him decide if he wants us to give grades. It's on him. I'm not going to take that away from him. I think for right He's now, pouty. I still want to do grades. I'll I'll think about it. After this, but I think for this one, you got to give it something. We you can't just surprise me with that. Uh, just surprise me. Yeah, and I want Ryan to have to do one. <laughs> God, you're such a cock. <laughs> um, if I had to grade this episode, I I'm in between two, so that's why I didn't want to do it. Yeah, and I'm going to sound like an asshole with whatever one I go with. Um, I'm going to say honestly, I'm going to give it an A minus. It is an A minus, maybe okay. a B plus, B plus A minus. Okay. I'm like right in between both. Fucking dick. All right, Mike, what about you? I feel like it's a solid season premiere. It's um, not the premiere that most people wanted. However, I feel like it's the premiere that we needed. It's a Batman. It absolutely is. It's, they dark knighted it. <laughs> they dark. <laughs> and I feel like it's for the betterment of the season. It was very concise. People may not say it didn't hit the ground running, but it laid down all the needed groundwork for the season and I can't really say that about other season premieres that was led by dab I'm not saying they were bad I felt like there was some strength in last seasons absolutely was especially with the high emotions that they brought to the table yeah. last season with that opener but this is different we've seen that been there done that and I feel like this is different this is in fact dab willing to take some risk and because of that I give this episode Good marks. That's what you're gonna. <laughs> what is that? Good marks. Yeah. What a douche. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna do grades anymore. Oh, such a people have ruined it. This is what this is what happens, people. Um, for me, I think this episode did a very good job setting up as a pilot, not just our characters, but the season story as a whole. I think we've spoken to that at length. I do think there was a couple weaknesses with some of Castiel and. The, some of the the fight scene in general, but that wasn't so much a writing thing for the fight scene. No. And the Castiel, at least they touched on that a little bit. I think overall, yes, I agree, Mike. It's not exactly the one people The only wanted. way you're hating on this episode is if you're hate watching. This wasn't a bad episode. No, no it's it's a great setup for for the start of the whole season. It it did everything that it needed to, even if it wasn't, as Mike and Ryan said earlier, the you know explosion field fueled crazy episode that we always kind of want to see it was a good setup what we needed and again it does what dab has been very good about which is showing that emotional fallout and having us deal with the problems that the characters are going through in real time and i think that's very good i like seeing that in the show so for me it's it's going to be an a minus i like this episode a lot all so. that and he gives it an a turd so that's an B plus, A minus, an A minus, and quote, good marks yeah. from Mike. Good marks. <laughs> All right. So before we close out today's show, Thomas, I want to bring up something pertaining to the context of our show and things that we say, things that we do. Uh, I usually don't like to be very serious in these shows. Much of our show is just kind of jokes and, 
and dissecting a show that we enjoy watching. It's a good time. Um, however, I'm going to bring this up pertaining to our offensive air quotes here, offensive speech. I bring this up because I received a very nice email because it was mm-hmm. from a listener that was mildly offended by some comments we had made, more specifically Thomas had made during one of our, our latest discussions. They felt we were being homophobic because of a few words that Thomas used. And then, of course, us laughing at said comment. Mm-hmm. They felt like we were. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Insensitive. Um, and it's not insensitive. We were making Night. a mockery of homosexuality. And all I can say is that our goal is not to offend anyone. Our goal is to entertain and create positive dialogue about a show that we all love. And I strongly feel like we are one of the most accepting shows slash podcast slash network out there. We've become a place where many SBN fans feel like they are represented because we don't shit on any one part of the fandom. We love all characters of SBN. We don't shit on shipping. We accept all facets of the fandom. I feel like we are a very accepting bunch. I also feel like it's very clear that we aren't hateful. And if it's not, if it's not clear, then let me state it now. We're on your team. I feel like it's kind of silly to say this because anyone that has listened to this network for more than a month know (laughs) that we are pro-gay, pro-transgender, pro-women, all the things that people should accept unless they're assholes, we do. And this isn't just lip service. I mean, if you're a fan of Supernatural, then you're part of our family. And that's the way we look at it Mm -hmm. here. And I think it really is disappointing to me as someone, and this this is straight from me is that it's very disappointing to me to have someone who rolls into a show and maybe hears us say something and, and, and takes it the wrong way when we have our listeners who listen to these shows and they know exactly who we are. Yeah. And I think that's what disappoints me the most. In, and, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. Our fans who have been around and stuck around for a long time, they know who we are. I, they, yeah, they do. And this isn't just lip service. You know, I don't know if we can do this or not. But one of the hosts in this studio is an out-of-the-closet bisexual male. So for them to assume that we're, that we're homophobic is a bit strange to me because they don't even take the time to know, know who we are. And I, I cannot promise we'll never say something that doesn't offend you. But I can promise you that the things we say during a broadcast will never be purposely hateful. We are regular dudes that joke in the mic no different than most would do with their friends. It's not hate. It's comedy. And in our justification, the comment that's in question was something Thomas said about Dean and Cass buttfucking, right? Right. Which I thought was funny. We had mentioned that it would be funny and amazing if Dean and Cass from an alternate world were gay. (laughs) And we laughed and said that would be a great way to finally make Destiel canon without pissing off the other half of the fan base. Exactly. That would be fantastic. Funny and and great at the same time. We were not mocking it. We were saying that would be an interesting and clever way to actually bring an inclusive element into the show without pissing off the other side of the fans who want Dean to be a straight male that wants nothing but puss. 
I mean, in truth, we saw that with fan fiction in season 10. The yeah. actors that played those two characters in the play yeah. were yeah. girls that were dating. Yep. So for me, that entire conversation is actually in support of a niche within the fandom that wants Dean to be a gay male. I'm not sure how that could have been misconstrued as homophobic. And also, we're never going to handle issues pertaining to gay folks, Mexicans, women, black folk, or any other member of a so-called minority group or protected class with kid gloves. We will always joke and talk about it no different than anything else because that's true acceptance and true validation. Mm -hmm. To act as if something is taboo and or should be treated with kid gloves is a sign that you're not comfortable with these things. And in it's your mind is not a part of the norm. It's condescending because they have to be treated differently. Right. What we do is part of true acceptance. You're no different than me or, or Thomas or Ryan. Yep. And Thomas is the bisexual male in case anybody was wondering. Yeah. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I just outed him. You did. Yeah. Dude. You ousted him, dude. He didn't even have to do it himself. I know. I the thought I, I, thought I was going to. I'm sitting here like, I'm, when does my line come up? But hopefully, you get some uh, dick pics sent to you today. <laughs> dude, people are going to slide in those DMs. Everyone dude. knows my Twitter. This just music's so. already pumping just in his head. Dongs, dude. He's going to be checking DMs all night. Dongs. Yeah. What can I say? Lots Thanks, of- Mike. Anyway, that's going to do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being a fan of this. Thank you all for listening to that little bit there. And we will see you all next week. Send Thomas lots of dong pics. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.